Konnichiwa! Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Nongo Master Podcast. I'm your host Azra, bringing you Japanese cultural and language content every week. Season 6 looks at working and work culture in Japan. The fun, the boring, and everything in between. If you've been keeping up with us this season, you've already caught up with all the types of jobs available here in Japan, some job hunting and job interview tips, a brief insight on the Japanese working mindset, a look at an interview run-through, and the pros and cons of working in Japan. And as easy as it may sound, it's not that easy actually getting the whole job hunting, working in Japan thing. So, I thought of bringing someone else in to have a chat about it all. And she's our special guest for today. Coming to you from Tokyo, Japan, I'm excited to introduce to you Ellie Fox. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So tell us a bit about yourself and your background. So my name is Eli and I come from Slovakia. I'm 27 years old and right now I've been uh, living in uh, Tokyo. I've been here for two and a half years, I wow. think almost three years. And um, I came to Japan as a student. And uh, at that time I was studying at Itzumekan University in Kyoto. And I really, really liked my time here. So I decided to come again and this time to Tokyo uh, where I've been working as a freelance teacher and also video editor. Wow, okay. Yeah. So you were staying in Kyoto for half a year and then now in Tokyo for about one and a half. Yes, yes. I went there during my master's degree. It was just a half a year, but it was the best experience of my life. And um, I mean, it's been my long-term dream to come to Japan ever since I was very little. Uh, but I never had an opportunity until my master's uh, when the university paid me to actually go mm, mm, mm. so that was very amazing <laughs> <laughs> i do like kyoto i just came from kyoto like a, a month back oh really yeah i really love kyoto it's the best tokyo's a bit a bit too like fast paced for me i feel like i think so i i feel like i would like to go back to kyoto because the atmosphere there was uh, a bit different you know but maybe it's the fact that i i am working here in tokyo you know so of course it's not the student life anymore so sometimes i think of kyoto and like ah it was such a good times Mm-mm. so you're um working as a, a freelance english teacher yes is it just for one company that is just for one company yes i mean it's quite stable even though it's not um like full-time job mm-hmm. It is still quite stable and uh, I would like to eventually just do maybe some creative activities. But for now, you know, this kind of freelance teaching also gives me that extra income that I need (laughs) because of the COVID times. So, Mm -hmm. What was the other one? Um, Digital? Video editing. Video editing. Okay, okay, cool. Is that freelance as well? Kind of, yeah. Like part-time. Okay, cool, cool. So is it also a Japanese company for the... Yeah, that is a Japanese company too. Okay, cool. From your experience, could you give us an insight on the working culture in Japan? In the English teaching company, it's... um, Like, you you can't really feel it, you know, because many of the people there are foreigners. Even my boss is a foreigner. So I don't really feel like I'm working for a Japanese company. It's just Mm -hmm. that I meet Japanese clients on a daily basis. For the video editing company, there I can definitely tell I'm working for a Japanese company because mm-hmm. <laughs> when I commu- when I try to communicate with them, um, sometimes we kind of struggle with communication, not because there is a language barrier, it's not because of the language barrier, it's just that they never tell me anything like directly, you know? Mm, they always yeah. kind of just like walk around, walk around. <laughs> and I 
have to guess most of the time.、Mm. Sometimes I just feel like just tell me, tell me. Like if you want me to fix something, if there's something wrong, you need to tell me what it is. You know, I can't just keep、mm. on guessing. Yeah. But that's what they do. You know, maybe it's because they don't want to hurt my feelings, or、mm. I don't know. Maybe that's just the way they are used to. Expressing themselves, but it can be a little bit frustrating sometimes. Oh no! Do they get offended if you say something directly to them? Well, to be honest,、um, maybe they might be a bit. I don't think they get offended, but it might be a bit shocking、uh, mm-hmm. when I am very direct and I just tell them, like, "Look, you have to tell me what exactly you need and what exactly you want because I can't read your mind." <laughs>、mm, but、uh, I don't think they get offended, to be honest. Oh, okay, that's good. Now, I get with the English teaching, so I used to teach as well. Like、mm. probably every guy just <laughs> went through that. Yes, but um, you can't really feel the the Japanese atmosphere, right? Yeah. Did you teach like、uh, adults or children? What was it? I teach like any of all ages. It's like more one to one. Oh. How about you?、Uh, mostly businessmen. Oh, okay. So like、yeah. Kenji the salaryman, <laughs> yeah, the typical bankers and、uh, consultants. How about like for the、um, video editing Japanese company? Is there like a work hierarchy? Do you feel like a hierarchy there? Well, it doesn't really.、Um, well, I don't really have opportunities to experience it. But from like when they talk, it seems like the hierarchy is quite, you know. Established there. For example, when I speak to a person that is helping me with videos, he's、uh, he's my friend, and he kind of like tells me what's happening. You know, the things that I can't understand when they are maybe speaking、uh, in Japanese or when there is some, you know, like when you have to read between the lines.、Mm-hmm. Uh, he he explains these things to me, and he kind of describes the hierarchy to me. Right, right. So there is. It's quite obvious. There is there definitely, is. definitely. But、right. I just m- maybe paid attention. <laughs> How long have you been with the company? Like a year and a half. Uh, for for actually just for half a year. Oh, okay, okay. So pretty、yeah. pretty new. Recently,、sense. yeah. Okay. How about like? Do you have to wear?、Uh, oh, do you have to commute to the place because of COVID now? No, I I have to commute to the English school.、Mm-hmm. That's the that's that's it. I、oh. I can just edit videos wherever I am. But、uh, English classes they always happen, always、okay. take place at one place. Okay. Cool. Cool. How about like the after work drinking? So there's this, from what I read, there's always like a culture of drinking with your colleagues afterwards. Is there? Do you experience that with your companies? I've been invited to these things, but to be honest, maybe it's because of my culture. I don't. I don't participate. To be honest, I don't want to. Like I already see them at work. I don't really want to <laughs> see them outside of my. I think so. Outside, like in my free time, you know. So、mm. I kind of just、um, say that、mm, I already have. Other plans, or do they do they get offended, or they're like, oh, okay, it's fine. I think it's fine to be、mm. honest. I think they kind of know that maybe outside of Japan, it's not always like that. That you don't really have to go with your higher ups and accompany them.、Mm, okay, so that's good. The more understanding of outside yeah. culture. Yeah. Yeah. So, how was your interview process? And do you think the interview process is different in Japan than other parts of the world? I've only had one working experience before because I graduated and then I had an internship and then I started working in Japan right afterwards. So、uh, I only had that experience you know, with my internship, and that was with a Danish person. And then I had this、uh, Japanese interview, and I feel like it was a bit different because when I was、um, having the interview with the foreigner, 
with a Danish guy, it was very relaxed. It felt more like a conversation, right? It was, it didn't feel like an interview to me. While when I had this Japanese company, uh, with the interview with Japanese company, it was quite relaxed as well, but there were more questions, you know? I had to be kind of like prepared. <laughs> what, what kind of questions were like, like took you off guard or something like that? Questions that took me off guard, I think I just thought that they were, they kept on like asking a lot. There, there were so many questions, you know, it never, like, it, it was like never ending. And they would ask me if I had any friends in Japan. I mean, I don't mind that kind of a question, but I thought, like, is that even important, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I guess they want to know that you won't be sad when you arrive or because you're alone or something. So maybe they want to make sure that you will be fine. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah, I heard like they ask like personal questions as well, but I think it's just to make sure that your life here is like stable, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I kind of understand that as well. Mm-mm. Do you have any tips for our listeners who are either job hunting or applying for a job in Japan? Well, I would say uh, just keep on looking because uh, looking for a job in Japan can be so challenging. And, you know, the worst thing is that when you are only searching like at English, uh, on English websites, it seems to you that, that there's just lack of jobs, you know, that everything is either IT related or English teaching, you mm. know. So that can be sometimes frustrating if you want to do something else. But if you don't mind starting as an English teacher or, um, you know, starting with a job that is not your dream job, then I would say just just go for it, you know, because you can always find an English teaching opportunity here or some IT-related opportunity. Uh, but if you want, if you if you feel like you have to land your dream job, then that might take a bit more time and a bit more research. And maybe what I didn't do, but what I would suggest maybe uh, to the people that are searching for a job now is contacting the companies directly. Okay. Not just going on their website and uh, using that recruiting email. I don't know. Find find them on LinkedIn. Uh, mm. Reach out and uh, you know prepare a nice looking CV and uh, some have some email template and just keep on sending it to to the people directly. Mm, perfect. I think that would be would be better, right? I think so. Yeah. Mm. Or even like even call, call them. You know, like recently I started looking for some other working opportunities, and I I am just directly calling them. Like, do you have any job opportunities for me? Oh, okay. And of course, so far I've just been rejected every single time. But you have to, you know, if you just keep on sending CVs um, via email, then you know your the, the possibility of getting a job is lower than actually when you actually reach out mm. in person, like or via phone call. You're also job hunting now, somewhat. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Do you do you call and do you speak in Japanese? Yeah, I prepare like a text. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I speak Japanese, but I want to sound kind of professional mm. because my Japanese is like anime Japanese, you know? So I speak <laughs> like, it's just so rude, you know, the way I speak. And uh, I want to sound, you know, professional when I call these places. So I prepare a little text in Google Translate. Mm. And then I just repeat the same. And then they start explaining something and I'm like, oh my God, I don't understand it. <laughs> but somehow, somehow it works. That's good, that's good. And this goes to our next question perfectly. How important is it to know Japanese language if you want to work in Japan? What do you think? From my point of view, it's quite important. You know, if you want a job, as I said, like English teaching or IT, like because they, they accept people that don't speak Japanese because IT is always needed. But... 
if you want a different job that is not being a business consultant uh, or English teacher, then I think Japanese is very, very necessary, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. What kind of like proficiency level do you think? N2, I would always go for N2, you mm-hmm. know, lower than N2, I don't think it can give you anything. Mm-hmm. Are you N2 level? I I would like to say that I am. I think I think I could be N2 level, but my grammar is horrible, you know. I don't I don't know any grammar. So, I can speak. I don't have uh, I think the fluency is there, but the grammar is non-existent. I'm the opposite. <laughs> so, I don't know if it's N2, but it's it's enough to communicate with okay. uh, with people. That's good. That's good. This is something a lot um of us discuss about. Is Kago difficult? I mean, you're almost N2 level or N2 level, you know? Is it necessary yeah. then for non-Japanese speakers to learn Kago? They tell you that it is necessary, but, you know, I've learned Japanese uh, on my own. I didn't study it at the university. I didn't attend any classes. So I kind of just gave up on ever knowing how to use Kago. You know, I'm always, I, I'm just always relying they're going to be forgiving because I'm a foreigner. <laughs> so, of course, I try, like, the simple forms, you know, this and ikimasu and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But uh, more than that, I'm... I kind of just give up and uh, I speak casually. And so far, it's been okay. But of course, when I'm calling to these companies, I try to, you know, at least add that this is the end of the sentence. <laughs> just, a bit, just a bit. Yes, just like, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, I think Kego is very, it is a bit difficult. There's a lot of changes that you need to remember, mm. right? On top of your yeah. already a lot of grammar, right? If you ask if you ask others, they probably say that it's important to to know how to use it as well. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to learn Japanese? Well, I started when I came here, so well, almost three years now. Okay, that's um, good. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I I basically I had some textbooks that I used, and uh, basically what I did is just I bought a simple manga book. And I mean, I, I speak Chinese, so I already can read kanji, right? So okay. I could kind of guess the story, even though I could not read it. So I just bought a simple manga book and I started translating word by word. And until I kind of, you know, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And the, you, the faster you recognize these characters. And by the time I got to the end of the uh, the manga, uh, I could already like read it without the dictionary. Mm. That's good. Yeah. So I didn't use like, I used some regular textbooks as well, but I use a bit of a different method. So that's, that's why good. my grammar is just so bad. <laughs> it's a fun way to learn Japanese, you know, taking the less conventional methods of learning. Exactly. I think that sometimes some people can do the, you know, regular uh, textbook and attending classes, but it doesn't fit everyone. So yeah. No, that's great. No, it works out for you and that's that's a good example to some of our listeners. <laughs> mm. So before we wrap up this section, you're an important partner for Nihongo Master. How do you think our online learning system is different from others? You know, the impression that I got from Nihongo Master was that you, you try to like create this community, which is really nice because you can chat with others. You can download like PDFs, which was really nice. I like the reading practice a lot. You can download like these um, the, these PDF forms that can help you practice. And, you know, finding these uh, forms online 
it's almost impossible, right? Mm. So having a place where you can find different sources, like it's not only one way of teaching or it's not, it doesn't only give you one way to learn the language. It provides like different styles, which I really like because I feel like if it's just textbook style, it gets boring really fast, right? So you need to kind of yeah. change it up. And I got the impression that Nihongo Master does that. So I was really glad. I also, I, yeah, as I said, like the community feel in it was really nice. So I think it can encourage people to, I mean, people would motivate each other and maybe they could uh, see each other's uh, progress Mm-mm. and also your your own progress, right? So Yeah, yeah. So you're not alone in this like learning journey. There's always other people with you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's important. Because uh, mm. sometimes can get tough. So, mm. and actually, like I tried to do the advanced uh, course, and like the first lesson was already something that I didn't know. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm not advanced then. Oh <laughs> uh, no, same. <laughs> one day, and one day. Well, we've asked our followers to write to us a few questions they'd like to know about working in Japan. Um, sometimes we shortlist to the top five questions. Uh, I usually answer this section alone, but I thought it'd be interesting if we have someone else. Um, what do you think? Are you up for answering some questions with me? Yes. Okay. So our first question is uh, is one from Twitter. Uh, Konno Kuma, are there potential jobs for people without a degree? I have experience in government for years and wondered if there's if that limited me to only that role. Any help is greatly appreciated. What do you think? So, well, it depends on what ca- exact job is she looking for like if it's government related then well to be honest if you want to work at places like embassy you still need a degree Mm. if she's fine with just like different kind of a job then well before COVID you know you could get these jobs at a farm and (laughs) (laughs) places where you could kind of help out with the with some kind of uh, NGO project and stuff like that I guess the pay is not that great but they maybe pay Mm. you with accommodation and food to be honest mm, i think degree is quite necessary at least the bachelor degree yeah i think so too i i don't think i know any jobs that don't need a degree maybe some part-time teaching but even then it's it's you know it's quite risky you might need to have it as well because you know if you when you're applying for visa they also ask you to provide your degree Mm. and also all the companies if you're going to work for a company which you probably have to if you want to get a visa because you need a proper contract then you will definitely need a need a degree yeah that's a tough one but i didn't know about the farming one so that's interesting (laughs) but i also to be honest you know that can probably only happen when you already work for a certain company and then you can do this as a side job Mm, right right you will need to have a company like a stable company that will uh, sponsor your visa and to get this visa sponsorship you will probably need to provide that degree <laughs> so tough luck <laughs> you really need a degree <laughs> yeah yeah so this one is from c lang 119 best course to apply for work without a bachelor degree maybe apply for a bachelor degree <laughs> <laughs> That's the best answer, I think. <laughs> I wish there were other working opportunities for like specialists, you know, not just for uh, degree holders. But maybe in one day in the future, it will happen. But for now, I did read up on a, a kind of like um, specialist course degree or specialized skills where because there's like a labor worker shortage, they're giving out this this um kind of visa. So maybe that is possible if you don't have a degree, but I'm not so sure yet. 
So there would mm. be like a job at um maybe at a restaurant or service, right? Yeah. But I'm not yeah. really sure if they can sponsor your visa. To be honest, I feel like whenever mm. you are trying to, because I've tried uh, to look for these kinds of jobs because I wanted to, I don't know, change the uh, career a lot, and I just wanted to try something simple like working in a. Well, not it's not simple, but I wanted to try something different. So I was looking for like hotel industry, uh, tourism industry, and even when you want to work as a as a maid, let's say, you already need to have that visa. So I really don't know how how you get a visa without having a company. Yeah, so I guess like you can apply, but you won't be able to get your visa un- unless you have a bachelor's degree. Exactly, exactly. unless you mm-hmm. have a company that will sponsor it. So I mean. For those who have who are like eligible for working holiday visas, then then they can come and get the job. Yeah, working holiday visa would be def- definitely one option, but I don't think that it's possible now, right? Yeah, after COVID, I think. Yeah, we'll move on to the next question, which is by S N D A S P T R dot underscore. That's a tough one. <laughs> which JLPT level we need to have if we want to work in Japan? And another question, which is pretty linked to this one, is it okay if you don't know kanji by Petito09NKS, <laughs> both from Instagram? Well, you don't actually need a JLPT to to work here. Well, it always depends on what kind of a job you're doing. So if you are, if you are working for a Japanese company and it's not English teaching or being a consultant or a recruiter, then you probably mm-hmm. don't even need any Japanese. But if you're working mm-hmm. For companies that require it, they will probably they will probably want you to have N two level. Yeah, yeah. I have a couple of a lot of my friends don't know Japanese, and you can survive in Japan without it. But you're kind of limited. You're you're only going to be able to do English teaching, you know, all those um kind of jobs. But I think it is to a certain level. I think you would need it, you know, to communicate, especially kanji though. Huh? I don't know. I think there's there's a certain level to to knowing kanji. I guess to kind of read stuff, and it really depends on if you're using kanji for work or just for like pleasure, right? I find it helpful, uh, especially when I'm traveling. You know, you 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 know where where to go. You you recognize the signs, so then it's quite helpful. But uh, lately, I've noticed that there are many English signs as well. So on, on a day to day, you're probably wouldn't know wouldn't need to know but it's it's obviously more convenient if you do and but if you need it for work you probably need to go up to like n2 level like you said yeah so 9j jhan underscore fa7 is there any website or something that foreigners can use to apply for a job uh, yes okay so gaijin pod would definitely be one then there is also a website called career Career Fly, I guess that's that's the name Career Fly, and another one would be um, Indeed, but that's mostly in Japanese. Then there is Daijob. Mm. This one more, I can't remember, but Gaijin Pot is like the the most convenient one, I would say. Yeah. Um, next one by I'm underscore and underscore Uzumaki. If you get a job in Japan, do they provide accommodation even for a while to look by our own and chances of visa sponsorship? If you get a job in Japan, it depends, like we mentioned before, whether they can sponsor the visa or not. But accommodation-wise, I, my English teaching job did not provide for accommodation. But I know some of them that do provide. 
accommodation, I think. Yeah. yeah sometimes when you get an English teaching job in,、uh, in the countryside, they do that. Oh, cool. But that's for English teaching. <laughs>、mm. um, yeah, some of, I know some of my friends that work for Rakuten and they provide,、um, they reimburse the monthly rent and all that kind of stuff. So you can find your own place. Um, but they reimburse it to a certain amount. So it really depends on the job that you get, if it's part of your contract, I guess. Yeah, but the one that they will provide is probably the、um, commute cost. So your transportation, I think they provide, right? Most of the time. Nara underscore san. Can a fresh graduate of university outside Japan work there without recommendation letter? Once again, depends on the company. Like my companies, one of them required recommendation letters, the other one didn't.、Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on. We have Simran underscore Singh underscore SSJ4. I have a question about a job in Japan. What are the requirements to be a Japanese singer other than voice and an actor? I have no idea. <laughs> in order to get to the country, maybe you can look for. Like a more stable company. So maybe、mm. try English teaching and try to find a company that has maybe flexible time. And、uh, in your free time, you can apply for these talent agencies. There are many、mm. talent agencies in Tokyo. And you can just,、um, I don't know, provide your portfolio, take some pictures with them, and then they will、uh, send you month, like, even weekly emails with different job offers. And you can adjust your schedule according to. According to that, and then they would send your portfolio to these different、um, agencies. And if they like you, they would choose you. And you know, you can just keep on trying until you get chosen as an extra and or maybe as a, as a singer at a, I don't know, the boat cruise sometimes. I have a friend that、oh. goes singing, yeah, like that.、Oh. She's, a, she's a member of a, one of these talent agencies. Oh, nice. Okay, okay. Can they provide、um, visa sponsorship? They can do that, but you have to like build your kind of, you have to build your career, right? So,、mm-hmm. in the beginning, they will probably not provide it because you don't, you don't have experience in Japan and nobody knows you, right? So, you have to spend some time applying and building your portfolio. And then, once you get many different jobs and lots of experience, the talent agency can provide visa. But it may,、mm. it may be like after one year or after、mm-hmm. some time. I guess it also goes the same for modeling. I know, yeah, you, you kind of come here, apply, and just build up your portfolio. But for those who already have a modeling portfolio, you can apply for a different type of visa.、Um, so I have a few model friends who are on that kind of visa, but you have to renew every three months. So <laughs> that's tough, yeah. Uh, the next question is from Spy X Family Tribute. I'm a teacher. Are there any online classes where I could teach either English or Spanish lessons to Japanese students?、Mm, I talk I. Okay. The I T A L K I. Like people pronounce it differently, so I, I don't, I'm not really sure. <laughs> And on I talk I, you're basically, you know, you're your own company. You are basically、mm. a freelancer. You set your own price, you set your own schedule, and、um, people just kind of book your lessons. You, you just、uh, publish your schedule online and they can book you. And some people, even here, like some of my、uh, workmates, they also are on that app. It's an application, actually.、Mm. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's good for people who want to start you know, teaching, build up the teaching portfolio or something like that. Yeah, perfect. Okay, moving on.、Um, by... Verjig 
Is it possible to find a job in Japan as an Italian translator, but I can't translate it to Japanese, only English and French, maybe an international company? So I have a friend who is working at like a gaming translating company. Most of them translate to Japanese, but there's also the option. I mean, it depends on the work that they need. Sometimes you can have those that translate to other languages. So there's a possibility, yeah, you can get visa sponsorship for that though. Not that stable. <laughs> no, yeah. I have no idea. I always when I when I hear of these like gaming industries, it's usually related to uh, translation from one language to Japanese or vice mm-hmm. versa. So, mm-hmm. I think it's the demand. So, like Italian and French is, from what I heard, is is high demand. But like for me, I know English, a bit of Japanese, Malay. Malay is not high in demand. So it's kind of difficult, but Italian and French, I think probably there's um demand for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go on to our last question. It's from Gray four eight three. Can a foreigner find work in the restoration and conservation of cultural heritage in Japan? If we talk about the restoration of Oriental paperworks, wow, that would be so cool. I know, yeah. <laughs> Damn, that is a nice job. But to be honest, um, cultural heritage. Well, there are organizations. Um, usually, every municipality or every prefecture have like they have their own like website where you can search for this kind of information but that is a good question and i don't know how to answer it <laughs> yeah it's a very niche um area <laughs> of work yeah i'm sure think... it should be possible because not not many people can do this you know so yeah you can get it probably if your japanese is if you can com- converse in japanese probably higher chances of getting it i think so maybe like if you can contact each a prefecture or municipality and ask them they might be able to help you yeah there are probably different portals for it i don't know maybe not on gaijin port you know <laughs> so like you said you should just di- um, directly contact the companies or like the places right yeah do you have anything you want to add before we finish off well i guess just uh, best of luck when looking for a job to everyone it can be a <laughs> challenging journey, but if you really want to be here, then I'm sure you will find a way to get here. So It's it's a tough process, but it's one that's worth it, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Okay, and thank you so much for your time, Ellie. It was so fun to chat with you. Thank you. Uh, where can people find you and what's your social media plugs? So, well, I'm on uh, Instagram. Uh, basically, you can just type elliefox.japan. I use the same name on tiktok and also on youtube um, my youtube channel is ellie fox and there are two kanjis tabi tabikitsune which means traveling fox i use that name everywhere and that wraps up our very informative and intriguing interview episode with ellie i hope you got a better picture of what it's like to work in japan if you enjoyed this interview episode let us know on the social media platforms you can find us on twitter facebook and instagram and if you're keen on picking up some more Japanese for yourself, pop onto our official website, nihongomaster.com, to learn more about our interactive online learning system. At Nihongomaster, we offer efficient Japanese lessons that are quick, easy, and fun for Japanese language learners of all levels, from beginners to advanced. Our smart tools will assist you in areas where you need a bit of a push, and congratulate you on the ones you waste. Get a subscription today and get a head start on your Nihongo journey with Nihongomaster. And thank you so much for listening in. Join me next time. We'll be looking at an interesting part of the Japanese language. See you next season. Matane!